This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Thursday edition of the show. We've got lots to do. We'll talk a little hoops, talk a little baseball, talk a little football, and we'll get to know the local opponents for the week. And we get to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY. 98 underscore 7 FM along with Harvey and Joe. We ride until midnight on 98.7 ESPN New York. Hello, Gordon. Larry Hardesty, how are we feeling tonight, my friend? We're doing great. Today was a really good, a little chilly, a little brisk. Well, it is November. It's, it's supposed to be chilly. That's part of the deal now. Yes, a little brisk, but it was a good day. Okay, It good. was a really good day. Really good day. Looking forward to a little NFL action tonight. You know, Thursday Night Football. You okay. know, looking forward to that. Gordon, Steelers, wh- Titans, yeah. Gordon, it's week nine. It is. Gordon, it's almost half over already. For some teams, it's already over. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not half over. It's all the way over, Larry. But I mean, for me to watch. Yeah. Well, you still, we, we get just to playoffs. Week, we just started week one. There is no season that flies by quicker. It's it's opening day. It's week one. You're settling in, and before you blink, it's halfway through the season. No, these things go by very, very quickly. Yeah, it is. There's no question about it. No it's like as a parent, it. the days take forever. The the yes. months fly by, but the days <laughs> they take forever, Larry. Uh, care to vent? It's something that happened no, in the no, household no, tonight. I'm not going to go down that road. Okay. All right. Believe me, I understand. I was there. Yeah, you you know. You I know. do indeed. Absolutely. Yes, but you know what? I Tonight's do. football game is perfect evidence, more evidence, as if we needed any more. Yes. We all know nothing. We yeah, all right. make it out like we know things. We don't know. Will Levis was supposed to be a first round pick, wasn't a yep. first round pick. It's only a game and a little a game and change. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dude looks like a first round pick. He looks does. like he should. Who knows? Maybe he should have been. We'll see as these things go up. Maybe he should have been the first overall pick. Who knows? Looks like it. You know, he certainly looks the part, right? I mean, when he spins it, he spins it, boy. He can can definitely – he's got an arm on him for sure. So during our pregame, Harvey, Joe, and I were discussing the problems, and and the first thing out of Harvey's mouth was, why can't there be a quarterback like that in New York, like Will Levis? Mm -hmm. And and it's – what it is for me simply – and the Giants, I think, have done a little better job, clearly, than the Jets have. But Gordon, it's about the fact that because both of them have had opportunities to pick high, unfortunately, to pick high for quarterbacks, uh, it's it's their inability to develop them coaching wise when they get them. Yeah, uh, for sure. And Daniel Jones's injuries certainly haven't helped. The offensive nope. line being non-functional for the Giants for the longest period of time certainly does not help. It's a lot of different things, but it's just you know it's just it's amazing. The amount of time and effort and, mm-hmm. and money that is spent into scouting quarterbacks, billion-dollar organizations looking yeah. at this thing, questioning that. I remember when Andy Dalton came out, there was an organization. I don't know which one it was. They did a study why there were not more successful redheaded quarterbacks. I mean, think yeah. about the level of, of analysis that goes mm-hmm. into it. And at the end of the day, we're all just kind of throwing darts at a board. We are. But we don't have a clue. We are guessing. And guess what? We're not alone, Gordon. No. The coaches are guessing too. Absolutely. <laughs> Player personnel folks, they're guessing also. A lot of people guessing. A lot of people guessing. Here's one thing we don't have to guess about. The top stories that we're covering tonight on ESPN New York Tonight. 
We'll talk a little football. Gordon Damer, Giants at the Raiders. No Tyrod Taylor, no Darren Waller. Brian Dayball, of course, did not rule out an IR stand for either players. They also worked out a few kickers, given Graham Gano's knee problems that will likely need surgery at the end of the season. Randy Bullock, side to the practice squad. Danny, uh, Danny DeVito. His older brother, Tommy DeVito, will back up Daniel Jones. This will be on Sunday afternoon. But, Gordon, we want to focus on Saquon Barkley, and we asked him, so what's it like getting Daniel Jones back? Me, DJ, uh, obviously, uh, Drew's able to get back. Um, Neil, uh, we haven't had you know all of our guys in the field at once in a long time. Uh, so it would definitely be you know, just good when you have your playmakers and some of the best players out there. Um, we gel well together. So to say we're going to pick it up of scoring however many points, four touchdowns and a half, uh, I can't sit here and guarantee that. But uh, definitely give us a better opportunity to win football games when uh, your best players are out there on the field. Well, you hope so. But, Gordon, talking to Saquon Barkley, you couldn't help but maybe wax a little poetic about the franchise tag and the trade deadline passing by, and he is still a, a member of Big Blue. Basically, if you're going off of uh, – what happened in the offseason and, you know, with, the, with me and Tag and me not getting a deal done. Um, I never question how they view me uh, as a player or how they value me or what's my value as a player. Um, I just think it's business, and they had all the leverage, and there really wasn't much I can do. Um, I think if, you know, I was able to hit the free agent market, I think they would handle things a little bit different. Um, but that's not the case. Uh, so it's not that them saying they're not going to trade me or this and that or being recommitted to me. Um, you know, I know how much I mean to my teammates, and you know, my teammates are really vocal about that to me. Uh, so that, that don't that don't really bother me at all to say, oh, I'm re- the recommitted. I don't focus on that at all. I just know that it's the NFL. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, it's a really tough situation for him, Gordon, because he's going to go through the same thing next season, next offseason that he went through this past offseason. And if anything, the Giants are going to say, well, you were injured this last offseason. What, what, what are we going to do? You have to take our deal. We were we were firm with you. We, made, we didn't move you. You stayed with the team. We like what you're able to bring to the table. And let's face it, Gordon, they're a different team, no matter who the quarterback is. They're a different team when he's in the lineup. Yeah, because he's really talented. And the Giants simply just don't have that many talented players, especially not on offense. So, yeah, when you see Saquon Barkley, you're like, oh, my God, look at this. Wow, look at this guy. Right? Because they just don't have that many talented players on offense. So, uh, he, he is a difference maker. Unfortunately, he's not made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> they stay, they, they, outside of last year, they have stunk with him, even though he is individually a, a sensational player. But... Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking there with, with Barkley. I mean, you went through the whole rigmarole this year. I kind of got it this past offseason because you were coming off a successful year, but now you're right back at square one. What are you doing giving more money to a running back, an aging running back who's been injured throughout his career and is probably going to get more injured the further his career goes? It doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. They should have moved on from him. They should have did him a favor and moved Absolutely him off to a team that, I mean, he's been loyal. Move him to a team that's got a chance to win. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of teams do in this situation. Jets and Chargers Monday Night Football. Joe Tipman and Dwayne Brown returned to practice today. Oh, by the way, linebacker Quincy Williams, your AFC Defensive Player of the Month, 45 tackles, six tackles for loss, two sacks, and one forced fumble. Hey, Rex Ryan, who's on with Barton Hahn, why is Quincy so good? The guy is an absolute beast. And it's so funny because like his brother is such a great player. And 
you know, there's people saying, oh, he's there because of his brother. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, this guy is an absolute beast himself and really just – I mean, outside of maybe Roquan Smith, he might be playing better than any any player, uh, any linebacker in the AFC right now. He is. He has been. And Gordon, I tell you, one of the things that Joe Douglas did right was signing him back after last season. He showed some stuff last season. Uh, they brought him back, and he has really played well for the Jets this year. Yeah, I mean, he's been a, a big contributor. Uh, they have a bunch of them on that defensive side. And they're going to need to – they need him. They need everyone. Uh, yeah. They're going to get into the playoffs this year. They, they have to ride that defense. No question about that. A uh, little baseball news. Hey, Gordon Damer, Yankees 40-man roster cleanup is underway. Uh, according to Joe Sherman of the Post, the club placed Domingo Herman on outright waivers, along with Matt Bowman, Frenchie Cordero, Jimmy Cordero, Billy McKinney and Ryan Weber. I know you hate to see them all go, Gordon. I know you did. We're clearing out all our Corderos, Larry. (laughs) All Corderos must go. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to be having any Yankeeographies for for Jimmy or Franchi. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. don't. Hey, uh, Gordon, I understand we now know who the uh, group is that's going to be you know, letting us know what's going on with mm. the problems with the, uh, you know, analytics. Yes. The deep so, dive. Yes. The, oh, that's going to be audit. Oh, sure. I'm sure they'll be taking that, that information to heart. And major changes will be taking place as a result. Oh, there's no question about it, Gordon, because, you know, when it comes to finding out what's going on with the analytics, you know, the Yankees need to find out what's happening. You know, Kay made a, a, a great point earlier, actually. I think it might have been LeGreco. It was the K show. So the, the whole show gets credit, right? Right. But, you know, uh, Don was saying, why would Brian Cashman go this way when the Yankees were hot? The four four championships in five seasons, Gordon? They weren't, they weren't following analytics. They were they were watching the eyes, you know, of, of Joe Torre managing the, the locker room, well, the clubhouse. I, I think that that's the influence of Hal. I think that if you're Brian Cashman, that's you got to that position the Yankee general manager, Yankee president, general manager of a baseball team, to a certain degree, it's a political spot. You Mm -hmm. have to know who your boss is and be answering questions and looking out on the way that he would be looking at things. So I think Hal is very much a numbers guy. So over time, Brian has turned into that kind of numbers. He, He didn't come up as that numbers guy. He wasn't a Bill James disciple or anything like that. Uh, and I do find it funny that they're bringing in this outside organization to kind of point them in the right direction in certain things. Mm-hmm. To hear Kay tell it, the analytics people won't take advice from any. They're always right. They're I never know. wrong. So now they're going to bring in some outsiders they don't even know. Yeah. And they're going to say, well, this is dip. You got to change this. You gotta, why are they going to listen to that? Exactly. They probably won't. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Turning to the NBA. Oh, it happens tomorrow night. Gordon, we begin tomorrow night. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's the in-season basketball tournament, Gordon. It's here, Larry. (sighs) And Julius Randle is going to get knocked out of this thing pretty quick. Well, especially if Julius Randle continues to play the way he's been playing (laughs) so far. Exactly, right? (laughs) They'll be done. They might be done tomorrow. Five for 30 from three. They won't be... (laughs) There ain't going to be no rematch. No, it won't. It won't. And, and, and you know, we mentioned him, but nobody else is shooting well on that team either. No, it's not, not just him. A lot of them are struggling. But, you know, once again, Gordon, with uh, you-know-who in the building last night, Donovan Mitchell, who was outstanding, big early, 
missed 10 straight, but then hit a couple of big buckets late to help Cleveland beat the Knicks in the back second of the home at home. A lot of conversation again that that whispering about, you know, Donovan Mitchell Knicks. What a Donovan Mitchell Knicks. Well, Brian Windhorst says, eh, Knicks not really interested in Spider. I don't think he falls very high, and that's why he's not a Nick. And I think Scott Perry, who's our new colleague here at ESPN, but he gave an interview last week on a podcast where he basically said what we've all suspected, which is that the Knicks, when they were talking to the Jazz, didn't see Donovan as that sort of singular force, to use his word. He said if he was a singular force in Utah, they would have been in the conference finals. He probably wouldn't have been available. I'm not sure that the Knicks see Donovan as that type of player. You know, this uh, just recently, Bradley Beal gave an interview to our uh, Mark Spears at Anscape, where he talked about how the Knicks were on his list of teams that he would waive his no trade clause for, but the Knicks really didn't engage because I don't think the Knicks see Bradley Beal as that type of player. The guy that I think the Knicks are, are going for, the type of player, is a guy like Joel Embiid, that type of MVP level player. All right, let's see. Embiid, Bradley Beal, they both hurt. Yeah, they are both hurt a lot. So I I guess I go with the big fella if they're both hurt because right now Phoenix is looking at Bradley Beal like, are you ever going to play? Like, are you, do you intend to like, is this, is is he sitting in those benches, you know, like the, like the TV stars had where the name's on the back of the chair. I think his name's going to be on the back of the chair going to lock this season. Beal. He might might get that nickname street clothes pretty soon. (laughs) He might. Here's the problem for the Knicks. It's not identifying the levels of stardom in the NBA. It's who could it, which of these guys can you actually get? Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't exactly. seem like you're actually going to be able. So it's great to say, well, we want to get Joel Embiid. It doesn't look like you're going to be able to get Joel Embiid. I mean, why we, would the Sixers give him up in their own division? Right. It, even if the Sixers come to a point where they're like, we have to trade Joel Embiid, they're going to trade him to the Knicks? No. It's easy for me to say, well, the Knicks should identify uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the Mavericks are not going to trade Luka Doncic, and if they are, they're certainly not trading to the Knicks. So the problem is, is yes, I agree, Donovan Mitchell is not truly a superstar. He's not a guy who's going to lift the team single-handedly. But as time goes along, it's starting to feel more and more like that's the best player that the Knicks can get with the assets they have. If he was on this team right now, Gordon, he would be their best player. He, it's not really even close, right? Yeah, he would be their best player. He would be. He would be. As I mentioned, in-season tournament begins tomorrow. Knicks at Milwaukee. Uh, Nets will take on the Chicago Bulls. And the former Piston NBA champion Joe Dumars on the Michael K show. And he was asked, is this tournament to keep the players or the fans engaged? It's both. It's a long season. Early in the NBA season, sometimes fans are not locked in like we'd love for them to be. And then for the players, it gives them something to shoot for early in the season. That takes you to December. And then February's All-Star break. And then after the All-Star break, it's a sprint then to the championship. It's a sprint to, to get to the playoffs and win a championship then. So this gives like the ISC tournament, the All-Star game, and then the playoffs. And so we're just trying to connect the season from start to finish, guys. Well, it's not to keep the players engaged because some of them are still sitting on the bench in street clothes already. They're already it hasn't even started yet and they're not engaged. So that that's not working. No, that's so, out. And the fans, they don't care. So uh I think this is gonna take this is gonna be something that's gonna take a while to grow on to the NBA fan. It's gonna take a while, Gordon. This is not a quick fix. Well, in fairness to them, and you and I are not excited about it, but 
uh, I'm sure a lot of fans are not excited about it. When they first started the World Baseball Classic, people weren't excited about it. Now, I'm still not excited about it, but when it was going on this year, people were engaged, they were focused, even despite the, the cockamamie rules and all the different things. Um, so maybe over time, you're right, that things will develop and things will change and it'll change people's opinions. And, and as you go in year in, year out, maybe it will, ha- it will have some value to fans. I don't know. Uh, after what happened with Edwin Diaz, I'm still not a fan of the no, Cockamamie yeah. World Baseball Classic. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Exactly. Uh, pretty good night for the local hockey teams in the game you heard right here on 98.7 ESPN. Rangers outskated Carolina 2-1. Islanders shut out Washington 3-love. And the Devils with a 5-3 win over Minnesota. And, Gordon, one last thing before we go to break. On our rundown, Cincinnati FC... Shut out the Red Bulls. Game one of their playoffs. Oh, the Red Bulls, they always let you down. I'm, o- I'm always saying that to people. The Red Bulls, they, they let me down again. I know. I know. They lose 3-0 at Cincy in game one. Harvey, what's this aggregate playoff format that that, that just ruined the Red Bull, situa- Red Bull situation here? It's one of the dumbest playoff formats that we I've ever encountered. They just changed it last year, and now they changed it again this year. So... Technically, there's not aggregate format. It's just the best of three. And if you tie at the end of the night, you go to a penalty shootout. And if you win that, you win the game. So because MC Cincinnati won 3-0 in regulation, they take the game. The Rebels have to win by any amount of score. Or if they tie at the end of the game, they got to win by the penalty shootout and the next two to take the series. If Cincy wins by any of those on Saturday night, which I'll be there for, then they take the series and they move on. Uh, I wish you Based were the on Red that Bulls. Explanation, I'm really rooting for Cincinnati. Uh, I'm so surprised. To say out loud? I'm sorry. I'm stunned. Stunned. Harvey, it's your birthday so we weekend. I, I, I hope one of your teams wins this weekend. Uh, if I can get one, I'll be okay. Those are some of the stories we're covering on ESPN New York tonight. At the top of the hour, we've got Know Your Opponent. We'll hear from uh, reporters from both the Raiders and the Chargers, and we'll hear from you next. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I hope Daniel Jones has been taking notes and sitting right by Tyrod Taylor because the offense looked different when Tyrod was in. What he needs to do is learn, learn how to get the ball out of his hand. There's no quarterback controversy. We all know who the quarterback is going to be, but Daniel Jones and his development in this offense needs to learn and study what made Tyrod so successful because I think Daniel Jones can absolutely do the same thing. He just needs to tweak his game a little bit and get back to playing like he did last year. Very close to the vest, no turnovers, no sacks, getting the ball out of his hand. We've seen him do it. We just need to see him do it this year. That's Amani Toomer, who does a great job as part of our uh, Sunday morning countdown show with, uh, you know, Anita Marks and the GM, Mike Tannenbaum. He was on the Michael K. Show earlier today. It's Hardesty and Damer here on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, it's an interesting question. Uh, it, it's about Daniel Jones. And and especially with Tyrod Taylor, it just looked as though the Giants had, the offense looked a little different. And here's what's so strange about that. They didn't score any more points, but it just seemed as though that, that Tyrod Taylor had a little better command. He didn't hold on to the football a lot. And he was able to move. So I understand. And, and listen, we had people calling here that were saying that, you know, they're ready to sit Daniel Jones down. and It's Tyrod Taylor that should have the job. 
So I understand the looks, but Gordon, the bottom line here is the giant offense really didn't change that much because they didn't produce in the red zone. So now with Jones in with Barkley, because Tyrod Taylor did have the availability of Saquon Barkley in those, in those, in those games, which changes the whole giants offense. I think we'll get a better idea of what Daniel Jones could bring to the table. Now we'll see if he's, as Amani said, learn anything while watching or, if, and, and what adjustments that uh, Kafka and Dable have made. Well, I think with, with Tyrod, it's clear that he has a lower ceiling than Daniel Jones, but he has a higher floor than Daniel Jones. Like even his worst, he's not going to be turning the football over. He's not going to be holding the ball forever. He, he will run when forced to. He's not looking to get outside the pocket on his own necessarily unless the play breaks down. So I think he was a safer option. But look, if you're asking the question of whether or not Daniel Jones is 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 better than Tyrod Taylor, you already got a problem. Now, I think the one caveat, and I think it's a fair one, that Daniel Jones has coming back is that when he left, the offensive line was much more of a mess and Saquon was gone after the Arizona game. So now that the offensive line looks like it's getting a little healthier, it's a little bit more functional. It's still not good, but it's better than it was. Now we'll get to see if Daniel Jones can look anything remotely like he did last year. And the question remains now, where are they going to get their big plays from? Can they get Jalen Hyatt going? Darren Waller is done. I don't know when, not done for the season, but he's out right now. He's not going to play. You don't know when he's coming back with the hamstring. So you know he's not there Sunday. So where are these long threats? Where are these aerial threats that's going to help you get stretched the field and get the ball down the field? Uh, and of course, they're going to face, a, look, they're facing a Raiders team that, that's not very good. We understand that. But Gordon, defensively, they can cause problems. I mean, Max Crosby is no joke. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what impact that coaching change has. Um, it does feel like, and I know it happened with the Raiders uh, a few years ago, that when they make that in-season coaching change, sometimes the team gets a little life for a week. They do. Now, it generally comes back to bite. You know, it doesn't last for long. We see that in other sports, too, right? Baseball mm -hmm. manager changes. Teams gets on a hot streak sometimes in other sports, too. So uh, we'll see. Um, I think the Giants have kind of proven this year they can lose to anybody. Yeah. They can sure. lose to anybody. So the Raiders seem like they're a complete mess right now. The, Gi the Giants are not anyone. Again, the Giants won two games going down to the wire against Arizona and, and, and Washington. Mm -hmm. yeah. And both games went right down to the wire. So yeah. they are not, like for all the talk of, well, you know, if this goes right and that goes right, they could be four and four. They could still be winless. <laughs> Yeah. That's how bad they've been. And I, to me, they're a whole lot closer to winless than some team that's in the playoff hunt. That's for sure. So right now, Gordon, it would be safe to say that last year was an anomaly. The last year to me at this point, as we're sitting here now, it's clear it's the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah. It was nice at the time, but it's the worst thing that could have happened. First off, it forced the Giants' hand. Now, maybe they wouldn't have been able to move on from Daniel Jones anyway, but it certainly seems like that was a mistake. They would have been better off just – they would have been better off if the years flipped. If they had mm. this year, last year. Right, right. And, right. Next, and last year, this year. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that you, you got all these completely unreasonable expectations of, hey, we're closing the gap. Oh, my God, closing the gap. And I'm just as guilty – 
as anyone as thinking, yeah. oh, well, you know, they, they were able to win so many games last year. They were able to yeah. win nine games last year. Why can't they win 10 games? Oh, my sure. gosh. They're yeah. not winning 10 games. It's, it's clear no. last year was an absolute anomaly. And that makes sense because they were a really bad team up until that point, and they weren't able. You know, sometimes a new regime comes on. They clean house right away, and you get a fresh start. They weren't able to do that because they were in the cap situation that they were. Mm-hmm. So last year, it really feels like it was nice at the time, but it was completely the worst thing that could have happened to them. Uh, for me, I fell into what I saw, what Dable's aggressiveness, right? His aggressiveness offensively. He played to win last year, Gordon. And you could see there was a big, obviously it was a big, it was really unfair to Dable, but there was a huge difference between he and Joe Judge. Okay, from from holding players accountable and, and the way he called games and just so and just the way Daniel Jones played. I mean, they they fit him to a T. They knew exactly what he was. Here, this is what you do. Run a little bit, little RPOs for him, not taking a lot of deep shots down the field, not turning the football over. And that's what Amani Toomer's talking about. I want him to go back to last year. Well, that's because that's how they played last year. They didn't. He wasn't making forty million a year last year. And, and Gordon, listen, that's a middle of the road quarterback now already. I mean, it's, it's not like he's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. But they, it's changed. The, as you mentioned, the expectations for him now. And so you that combined with the injuries to the offensive line, combined with the schedule, as tough the schedule was, it's, it's just turned out to be a nightmare start for them. Yeah, no question. Um, it, it just shows you that last year was that complete mirage, and now you're back at square one. And and for Dable and for Shane, the, the one good thing they have going for them in this disastrous year is that the Giants' ownership has no appetite to fire another coach or another GM after two years. Yeah, exactly. But They won't do it. They won't do it. No, but if we're won't. sitting next year at this time, and it looks anything close to this, All bets are off. Now, maybe not the GM. Maybe he'll get a longer life. But for the coach, this year I think he'll get a pass. Yeah. But he's not getting a pass for now. So they got to figure out from now until then how they're going to get this thing turned around. And, and, And unfortunately for Dable, if it's true that he's not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones, he's kind of stuck with Daniel Jones for next year. So now how are you going to make it so it looks a whole lot more like last year than it does this year next year? And the other issue for them, Gordon, is I don't think their their schedule will be as tough next year but based on the record. But unfortunately for them, they still have Dallas and Philly <laughs> in their division. Well, look, here's the thing. The, the Giants are not a talented team. They got by with smoke and mirrors last year. And, and that's great. That's what coaching is, smoke and mirrors. Yep. That's, that's co- you have to make it work, right? Yep. Um, but now you see that they don't match up against the real. Why do they not match up? I think it's because they're not nearly as talented, which yep. makes sense. They just right. got rid of a GM who was a disaster and put the team in cap hell and, and, and made bad move after bad move. So um, I, I think that you, you got to give it some time, but this is going to be a very big off season. So for the people who think, well, I don't want to lose games. I'm never going to root for my team to lose games. I want it to be as easy as possible to improve because there has to be massive improvements, and and especially on the offensive side of the ball. The Giants clearly are not ta- nowhere near talented enough. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Off to the phones we go with you at 1-800-919-3776. 
Uh, L is in Jersey. L starts us off on ESPN in New York tonight. What's up, L? <laughs> What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? Hope you and the family are well. We're doing good, L. We're what? doing good. It's 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 Monday already. You mean you mean you're calling to apologize to Harvey already? No, no, not yet, baby. Not oh, yet. Okay, just check. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yo. You guys, honestly, man, you guys are my favorite show. I love DPHO and Rothenberg and a bunch of other guys, but you, the two of you, make make me laugh. Uh, it, you guys are an awesome, awesome show. But, no, I just wanted to it, – it's cool for me to be able to call in where a Raider conversation is, is relevant, you know, because, you know, I always represent the nation, Raider Nation, love y'all, one love. But now we actually get to play a, a New York team. And uh, with that being said, <clears throat> you know, I really think that that change in, in, in coaching is going to motivate this Raider team. To a point where we're we're not going to see, they're going to play at a. They're going to be everybody's going to be like, wow, that Raider team is motivated, I, and 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 not to begrudge the Giants in any way or whatever. I just really believe the Raiders are just going to kick in the door, waving the four four, you know. And if, if anybody remembers what that's a, a, akin to, but you know, but for the Giants <clears throat> and the Daniel Jones conversation, listen, you know, it is what it is. Support Daniel Jones as much as you guys can. Give him whatever he needs to be able to succeed and and just go from there. I always say be positive, right? Because as a Raider fan, there's not really much to be positive about over the last decade or so. So that's my only thing about that. So All right, I'm saying Raiders final score, 31-17. What are your thoughts? Let's go. All right, Al. Thanks for the phone call. I, I... – I think the giant the giant defense has been playing much better, Gordon. I don't think the Raiders will put up thirty one points. They're they're starting a rookie quarterback, and Wink Martindale has got so many blitz packages ready for that kid out of Purdue. It's going to be rough for him. I, I don't see them scoring that many points. Uh, I do not either, and I'm not sure I can see the Giants scoring two touchdowns in the same game. Two touchdowns. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Yeah, we well, well, I got to find the over under in that game. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I, 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 I would th- I'd be thinking that it would probably be the under, but you know. I would think so. I would think so. Mark's in Newark. What's up, Mark? What's go- What's going on, fellas? How are you tonight? We're doing good. great, Mark. What's happening? Good, good stuff. I was just talking to your screener. I got two things for you. Um, the first thing is I was just telling your screener that um, okay, so if I was the OC for the Chargers, I would go. Air Coriel, Larry Gordon. I would go Air Coriel because if I if I don't do that, I'm, it's only going to take the adjustments from 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 our our DC because he's really good at that. I mean, we'll take their first punch like a jab or two, and then once he figures out how you're going to attack him, we just go on straight lockdown. So if I'm their coach, I'm coming out bombs away. That that's just me. I want to know what you think about that. And my nugget for you is I'm watching the Steelers play tonight and mm-hmm. this is this is great stuff. This kid for the Steelers, number thirty one, <laughs> incidentally, is their safety. He steps up and he he stops Henry on a on a delayed screen out in the flat. I mean just I mean and then I said I said out loud 
That was a Donnie Shell play. <laughs> that was a straight Donnie Shell play. And that's going to be the thing that wins this game. Now, the Steelers are now at the one-yard line for, from that drive. Now it's 90-something yards. They're down to the goal line with a first and goal. It was four minutes left. Larry Gordon, that Donnie Shell play Man. is going to win the Steelers this game. And it's been a heck of a game. That's it's all been- I got tonight. All right, Mark, thanks for the phone call. It's been an interesting game. And and you know what, Gordon, for for uh, Levis, this is this was a good test, that Steelers defense, because they're physical. Uh, the line has, has done a decent job. And he's made some moves. I mean, he's backpedaled, but he's gotten rid of the football. He's done, he's done a nice job. Well, I, I mean, you, you can go by whatever rankings you want. The Tennessee offensive line is ranked near the bottom, if not the bottom. So um, he's not exactly working with a, a great – set up there. He does have some skill position players and, and Henry and, and the receiver and all that. But uh, yeah, it's a challenge. The Steelers just scored a touchdown. So yes, they um, did. Uh, it, well, Levis will have a chance at, uh, at a fourth quarter comeback. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. This is a good and game. The over under for the giant game, 37 and a half under, yeah, under, under. When we return, we'll start our getting to know your opponent. That's next. It's hardest and Damer on 98.7 ESPN.